The days move fast, but this is the first in which we can say that a helicopter has flown just above the surface of Mars. That's worth stopping and thinking about on this 109th day of the year. You may know this historic day as April 19th, 2021, but on some level, isn't every day historic? This and every installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement seeks to capture as much of what's happened as I can. And one more fact before we begin, I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's show, Charlottesville's registrar has resigned effective immediately. Virginia's purchase of CSX rail lines in Virginia moves forward. A look at why the Franklin Street sidewalk project stalled and how it can get back on track. And a quarter of Virginians are now fully vaccinated. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, supporter Lonnie Murray wants you to know about a series of seminars on spring and fall landscaping with native plants. Plant Virginia Natives has held four of these already, but the next one is coming up on April 20th with Beth Mazel of Blue Ridge Prison on how to identify and eradicate invasive plants in Virginia. Check the link in the newsletter. Today is only the second time this year that the number of new COVID-19 cases has dipped below 1,000, with 978 reported today by the Virginia Department of Health. The seven-day average is 1,464 a day, and the percent positivity is at 6.1%. As of today, one-fourth of Virginians are fully vaccinated. Governor Ralph Northam appeared this afternoon at the opening of a new mass vaccination clinic in Fairfax County. Over the past four months, we have made tremendous progress vaccinating Virginians against the COVID-19 virus. This has been a very tough year. As of this weekend, everyone in Virginia over the age of 16 is eligible to sign up for an appointment at vaccinate.virginia.gov. Not everyone can get a shot today or even this week. And while demand still outstrips supply, our supply is much larger than it used to be. Northam did not have many changes to the current restrictions, but there were a few specific amendments. Cross-country will be allowed to have 68 runners at the starting line, which is up from 50. Performance events like drama and musicals are considered social gatherings. I've heard a lot of feedback from parents and students that these events should be treated the same as athletic events, and I agree. So we'll increase the number of people to 100 indoors or 30% of that venue's capacity. If it's outdoors, it will be increased to 500 or 30%. This past weekend, the Virginia Department of Health reported the presence of the P1 variant in the Commonwealth. Northam said people in the state should remain vigilant. Last week, Pfizer announced it is likely a third shot will be required within 12 months. Dr. Kosti Safri is the director of hospital epidemiology at the University of Virginia, and he spoke at a media briefing on April 16th. I think that there is a very good chance that Moderna um, may need to um, um, have a booster if it appears that Pfizer um, um, does it well at, at, um, at 12 months. But I think we'll just have to follow the science. That's what's we, what we've been doing. And, you know, I know Moderna um, will be doing those studies. I think we would always anticipated that um, a booster could be needed, if not for du durability of immunity, but also um, to potentially um, um, to be able to address the rise of variants. 
Dr. Sifri said that while the number of cases of clotting with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is small, he supports the pause as a precaution. The pause is reasonable. It's an important thing to do to understand um, the 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 um, you know the, the the biology of it. But even if it, it proves out to proves to be um, uh, uh, you know caused by this vaccine, it's it's going to be a rare rare event and and um, far out um, ways uh, far outweighed by the risks of COVID itself. The Centers for Disease Control is expected to meet this Friday to discuss the next steps for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, which was withdrawn from the supply due to reported incidents of blood clotting. Railroad company CSX has closed the first transaction with the Commonwealth of Virginia for hundreds of miles of railway and right-of-way, according to a press release issued last week by the company. The first of three phases in the $525 million transaction takes the form of a permanent land easement between Petersburg and Washington, D.C. The other two phases are a line from Doswell to Clifton Forge and another line from Petersburg to Ridgeway, North Carolina. Charlottesville is looking for a new registrar. Last week, Melissa Morton notified the three-member electoral board of her resignation for personal reasons, according to the minutes of the board's April 12th meeting. The board has approved Taylor Yowell to serve as acting registrar until a permanent replacement is found. Morton became the assistant registrar in 2014 and replaced Rosanna Bencoach, who left the position in 2019 when the board told her she would need to reapply for the position. Albemarle County is requesting $1 million in Community Development Block Grant funds to help cover the $8.5 million cost to build 12 owner-occupied housing units in the first phase of the Southwood redevelopment. That's according to a public notice in today's Daily Progress, which announces that Albemarle County has made a ruling of finding of no significant impact, or a FONSI, on the human environment. The county is taking public comments on this through May 3rd. In this Substack-fueled public service announcement, are you of Scottish ancestry? The Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society and the Jefferson Madison Regional Library will hold another of their Ask a Genealogist series at 7 p.m. on Thursday, April 22nd. Special guest Deborah Harvey will demonstrate how she traced some of her ancestors from Vluvanna County to Scotland. Sign up at jmrl.org and email your questions to library at albemarlehistory.org before the virtual event this Thursday. Earlier this year, City Council agreed to transfer federal funding that had been allocated to a sidewalk project on Franklin Street, which serves as part of its eastern border with Albemarle County. The project was within the jurisdiction of a task force that was put together to recommend projects eligible for community development block grant funding that's distributed by the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, or HUD. Aaron Attack is a grants coordinator with the city of Charlottesville. And this is funding that's issued by HUD. These are federal funds that the city receives each year as an entitlement community. The city selects a neighborhood every three years to receive the money for infrastructure, and a task force is put together to make recommendations to council. One recent project funded through this process is a pocket park in the 10th and Page neighborhood. The current neighborhood receiving funds is the Ridge Street neighborhood. 
the Belmont Task Force, last met in February of 2019. And in this case, the Belmont Priority Neighborhood recommended to City Council the Franklin Street sidewalk, which was approved to create a new sidewalk on the west side between North Morris Creek Lane and Nassau Streets, which um, was approximately 1,600 feet of new sidewalk. This process is separate from the city's sidewalk priority process. The Belmont neighborhood was allocated a total of 450000 or so, and the sidewalk made up a portion of that amount. Tim Motch is a transportation project manager with the city, hired in the summer of 2017. Uh, myself and Kyle Kling were hired in order to manage transportation projects, including the sidewalks, which I have uh, been uh, involved in, as well as uh, smart scale projects uh, that I've been involved in, such as East High Streetscape and Emmett Streetscape. More on those projects in a future newsletter. For now, Mach explained that design for the Franklin Street sidewalk began in late 2018, when the engineering firm A. Morton Thomas was hired to do the work. Complications happened. It is a challenging plan from the point of view of stormwater management, being that we are, depending on which map you look at and which datum you, uh, um, you refer to, uh, the sidewalk is either right next to the floodplain or, in some cases, in the floodplain. That delayed the design for the project, which included the need to purchase easements from landowners on which mitigating features and drainage could be built. The pandemic's effect on the city's budget also led to a delay. Add to the fact that last year, uh, for several months, all sidewalk projects were on hold uh, due to the possibility of uh, having to use uh, uh, the city funds. Construction is now slated for next spring, but that's only if the right-of-way can be acquired from around a dozen property owners. However, ATTAC explained that HUD has time limits by which its money can be spent, and this project did not make the deadline. Normally, funds are required to be spent within one year of receiving CDBG dollars. In February, Council transferred the funding to a rent relief initiative for public housing but ATTAC said the funding will be restored on July 1, 2022. Everything has to be in place for the project to move forward at that time. It's very important that we receive public support with the right-of-way moving forward so that we can secure this funding and there aren't any delays moving forward. ATTAC says HUD has already issued a warning on the project. Mach said a round of certified letters are being sent out to property owners this week for negotiations and that the city wants to avoid taking properties by condemnation. One of the abutting landowners is Sunshine Court LLC, which owns a six-and-a-half-acre mobile home park on Carlton Avenue. The property has a land value of $2.4 million. A potential addition to the project would be to build street trees as part of the project, And I'll be paying attention to this project as an example of how these kinds of infrastructure projects move or don't move through the city's process. A little complex, and this is a small story, but it's also bigger in the larger picture. (music) 
And that's it for this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for April 19th, 2021. Thank you very much for joining me today. I would like to go ahead and state here that if you would like to help out this show and you can do so financially, right now, Ting is matching every single dollar that comes in through Substack subscriptions. So if you'd like to, if you've wanted to purchase one but haven't had a chance to do so yet, well, this is a good chance because it means that that money will be matched by Ting that allows me to begin to think about trying to do this stuff on a more stable level. Really enjoying putting it together, and I hope that you are getting valuable information that uh, is helping you uh, make a make up your minds about things. That's the purpose of this engagement. I'm Sean Tubbs. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, and we'll be back tomorrow with another installment. In the meantime, stay safe out there. Even if you are vaccinated, please continue to follow all the precautions just in case. Stay safe.